Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 273. 27-3. See, Charlie Paleo and Bud Harrelson. Maybe? <laughs> Hi, welcome to the show. I am uh, Steve Sampietro, the aforementioned Sam Pete, and this is our podcast. New York Sports Talk Podcast, right on load with Cal and Sam Pete. This is episode number 273. We've been doing it for quite a while. We are back. We were off for about five months. We do this. We started this show uh, in 2009 in December, but uh, now uh, kids, wives, uh, the government, we take breaks. But we're back. We're back for a while. So it is good to be back, and we have a ton to talk about. It is February the 1st, 2018. We are live from Comac, New York, and Newtown, Pennsylvania. It's time for Radio Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Hi. I'm going to go ahead and kill the music. Usually we have a producer that does this for us, but he's sick. He's not here tonight. But you know who is here? Who is here is the co-host of the program. Cal. That's the guy. He is the yin to my yang, the, the sneeze guard to my salad bar. That's how important he is. He's the sneeze guard. Um, he is also uh, one of my bestest buddies in the whole world. Has been low these 35 years. Coming up on, on 36. He is Mr. His birthday's in a couple weeks, too. I can't believe it. He is Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. How are you, buddy? I'm all right. How do I sound? You sound it. You're a little low. It's a little low. I'm a little low. How about now? Now it's it feels the same. <laughs> it didn't do anything. All right. Well, you sound you sound fine. I don't, I don't think it's. A, I think you sound fine. I think we'll try this again then. So. Yeah. Let's. Uh, here he is, Mr. Brian Calneva Calpino Caliente. No. Hi, Brian. No, no. I'm gonna hang up, and then we're gonna try it again. Oh, I see. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we're going to home phone it. Okay, um, if you haven't been listening to the program, uh, yes, uh, these nine years, there are always technical difficulties with Blog Talk Radio. But we're here. We have a ton of sports to talk about. Uh, New York sports in specific. Uh, we usually have a third uh, person, third party in, third man in, uh, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ. He is not here. He usually brings like a, a pop culture element to it. He's not really a sports fan. He's kind of a sports fan. So he like jumps in, and then at the end we do what's called a fun load. We don't do the fun load anymore, uh, or we're not doing one tonight, uh, but we are going to do one um, when he comes back next week. Anyway, he's not here tonight. We have a ton of sports to talk about, and it's going to break down a little bit like this. Yes, the Super Bowl is in three days. I know it's in three days. Oh, wait, let's try it again. Here he is, uh, direct from Comac, New York, Mr. Brian Calneva Capino Caliente. Brian Calvi, hi, Brian. I feel like I'm on like a, a Pac Bell phone here. It's like... <laughs> You look I like look, you're on a Pac Bell phone. I, right? Don't I look like I'm in a phone commercial circa 1988? 
<laughs> I'm in the little corner of your screen, and I'm on the phone. On a cordless. I'm that's on a, a cord- fancy cordless. It is a cordless. Yeah, that's it's, fancy. It's not rotary, but it's cordless. What's great is you sound amazing. Well, here's the best part. I've, this is the first time I've used this phone since five months ago when we last did the show. last <laughs> did this show? I don't use my landline for anything. Nobody does. Right? Who, well, my dad does. My dad definitely does. No, my parents too, of course. But yeah. I mean, of a certain age. Are we saying anybody under the age of 50 is not using a landline anymore? Or is that no, too, I, old? I think I there, too old? I think there are a lot of 40-year-olds using a landline. Anybody under 40 is certainly not – wouldn't even know what a landline is, I don't think. No. No, certainly not. Your kids would take a look at what you're doing right now and be like, that's even in the house? Like they didn't even know that was in the house. No, they, <laughs> they think it's a candle. <laughs> we have candles all over the house. They just think – Dad, you've oh. been at Yankee Trader again? Is that the name of it? <laughs> Yankee Trader? Yankee Trader, yeah, Yankee Trader Candle, right. Yankee Trader. How, how are you, buddy? Good, 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 good. It's been a long five months. I'm glad to be back. Yep. You're looking well. Thank you. You as well? A little weary. You look a little weary, but we'll get into that. Uh, it was a long travel day today because it was one of my city oh. days today. So oh, I, I yeah. literally just got in the door, literally, as opposed to figuratively. Uh, yeah. I just got in the door like like 20 minutes ago. From the train. Oof. That's yeah. a long day. It's a long day. Uh, one of like the little Matchbox guys is 20. sick. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like Matchbox 20. <laughs> exactly what I was going for. Um, I am ready to talk some New York sports, though. Yeah, me too. I, I don't want to talk about anything else but New York sports right now. Well, I think so that's a go. little strong. I feel like that's a little strong, though. I feel We're like we can jump- talk about some other things. We're not just jumping right in. Well, no, we can just jump right in. Let's just jump right in. It's already oh, been wanna, six do you, minutes. Do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about other, other things? I got a funny story for you. If you want me to give you a quick funny teenager teenage daughter story, I do. I want to set the scene though, because we haven't done Go a ahead. podcast in five months. Yeah, that's fine. And then I'm going to tell you this prank that she that she likes to pull on her parents now, which is really oh, she's hysterical. a prankster now. She's yeah. a prank. It's a prank show. Oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> she. Uh, we, we started this podcast in 2009, December of 2009. It wasn't even a podcast then. It was an internet radio show is what we were going for. Podcast, podcast really not in vogue then, Cal. No? Not everyone had one. As uh, Like my four-year-old son Casey has a podcast right now. Everybody's got one now. Yeah, it's called Case on Energy. Remind me to tell you the Case on Energy story, <laughs> by the way. Put a, pin, put a pin in that. There's a story there. That but anyway, like a um, power company somewhere in the South. That's correct. But anyway, uh, so about six months into it, like we kind of became a podcast in uh, the summer of 2010. And uh, we did about two, over 200 episodes over the course of seven or eight years, pretty regularly every week. Uh, then we fell off. Uh, um, you know, life is what happens to you when you're busy making other plans. And so uh, we started back up last year and we did about six weeks. We got going a little bit again. Um, and then we fell off again. And you and I spoke the other day and said, listen, no fanfare for the common man, ELP style um, or ELO style, either one, Jeff Lynn or <laughs> Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Um, let's just start doing shows again. Let's just, if PJ can make it great, if he can't, let's just do it and uh, talk some Definitely. shows or uh, talk some sports. So here we are. And um, so give me your quick story, though. Give me the teenage, the teenage uh, wasteland story. Yeah, no, yeah. well, we're, we're the grandfathers of the podcast. That's what they call us. That's correct. 
Yep. The grandfathers we're like the my two grandfathers is what they call we're it. Like, we're like my two grandfathers. We're like yeah. Neil Young with Pearl Jam. Right. Right. So like the next time we get Caparoso on the show from Turn on the Jets, um, right. that'll be like us doing Mirrorball with, uh, with Caparoso. He only calls us when the when the fifty and over demographic goes down and he needs to boost his rating. <laughs> he calls the old right. guys in to come in and help him That's out. Right. That's right. And same yeah. with the guys lighthouse hockey. Like all those guys can can call us. Yeah. You right. know. But that, well, like, Saracini. Oh, we don't want to wake them up. It's too late for them. So. Saracini's around our age, though. Saracini and Dom, they're around our age. Yeah, around. That's generous. Joe's Joe's the young buck. Joe Cap's yeah. the young buck. Doing wonderful things. He is. He's doing great, and and we're really proud of him. He's a friend of the show. We are. We are. He's. 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 We actually might have even coined. We might have coined friend of the pod. We might have. So here's here's what my 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 14 year old daughter has has been up to. Oh dear. Um, Oh man. So she likes to steal our cell phones. Every now and then. (laughs) That doesn't sound like a prank. That sounds like, you know, theft. Sort of like a crime. (laughs) <laughs> she's a criminal. Yeah. Well, you got to keep your cell phone on you at all times. That's that's the lesson learned here is that if you if it's out of your sight for 30 seconds, she's going to do something to it. So what she's done to me, obviously, is she's taken like millions of selfies. And every time I go onto my phone, my screensaver has changed or there's just ridiculous pictures of her making a duck face. But then what she did to my wife, Allison, is she took her phone and she changed uh, the auto text so that every time Allison types OK, the Gettysburg Address comes out. <laughs> and Allison didn't realize this until Julia sent her a question. <clears throat> Hold on. First of all, speaking of old, I don't even know how to do that. No, me neither. I don't know how to change auto text to like, so if I type, I need to know how to do, can you, can you set up a tutorial? Because yeah. every time I talk, every time I talk to text Teresa, it spells it with the H, and my wife doesn't spell it with the H. You can we figure that. out? Yeah, can we get something? That, for, that's amazing. So I'm not even mad. Tech, she's available for tech support on the weekend, so if you need her, <laughs> just right. give her a call. Let's but put her on the payroll. Said, put her on the RTU, RTU payroll. We can only afford to pay PJ, and that's it. That's correct. Right. We we had to lose Billy, you know, of all people. Yeah, he got married, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Good for him. In the in the most Billy way possible. Like just went down to Billy was our our first tech. He's he's a, sort of like a cousin nephew of mine. Great kid. Goodwill hunting we call him. He's a computer genius. A uh, and and I don't use that lightly. He is literally a programming and coding genius. Did our first website for us in about 8 minutes. He was the guy who got us on internet radio. And he's really he's like Goodwill hunting. So he just like yeah. he like yeah, like went down, got married. Like, you know, put on Facebook, which he's never on. Right. <laughs> so anyway, and then went back. back to doing whatever he does. Yeah. And then went back to like, you know, hacking into something. Um, <laughs> so she replaces the Gettysburg address. Yeah. Well, that's what she so, so She sends Allison a message. Uh, it, you know, it's a leading message trying to get her to say, OK, which right. she falls for <laughs> like, like hook, line and sinker. Right. Objection. Leading. Right. It, I mean, leading was it was really just perfect. And she types OK. And all of a sudden, the Gettysburg Address comes out in the text. So, so now we're just we're terrified right now that she's going to get our phone and do something else to it. It's like a little phone. Ter- she's a she's playing a prank show. It's a prank show. 
She, but she, yeah, she's, but she's like, she's so sneaky and and so devious that. I'll tell you what, that's brilliant. Now I have a question. So obviously she copied the Gettysburg Address. I would hope. I don't think she typed and it in, but I I would be more impressed if she typed it word for word. <laughs> now that that would be commitment to a prank. Uh, if there's one she is, it's committed. That's for sure. Yes, that's amazing. I love it. I love it so much. Well, yeah. Little little side Excellent. for. I'll give you the I'll it. give you the case on story, and then we'll jump into sports. So you yeah. know how I call sure. my little guy Quesadilla. That's been his nickname since he was brand new. Yes. Still had that new, new baby smell and everything. We asked Wesley what we should call him. Uh, Wesley at the time was about two and a half. And Wesley said we should call him the quesadilla. And uh, so that's been his nickname. That's been his nickname for – he's four years old. It's been his nickname. So I was talking to them when I was in Vegas. Whole another story there. And they were in Texas. Whole another story there. And I said, say hi to the quesadilla. And I was actually texting with them, speaking of. And, and they take control of Teresa's phone and text me back. Nice. And Wesley texts back to me. He doesn't want to be called the quesadilla anymore. Oh, what? Right. Right. So this, all right. He doesn't want to be called quesadilla anymore. It's not his nickname. So they get back. We're driving home from school last week. I said, and I said, all right, quesadilla, like out of habit. And he's like, no, no, daddy. I said, that's not my nickname anymore. I said, okay. I said, what do you want to be called? Without hesitation, out of nowhere from the back seat, <laughs> case on energy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wesley and I, my older guy, is we start really cracking up. <laughs> like, we like look at each other like, where the hell did he pull that out of? No idea. So like we looked it up. It's like a, it's like a defunct power company in like the Netherlands. Oh, like, it's a thing. Yeah, like we Googled it or whatever, Quezon Energy. Because he said, I have a lot of energy. That's true, right? So it's, it's case on Energy. Oh, right. Well, we, that's how we broke it down, but that's not how he said it. He was just like, yeah, case on Energy. Call me that from now on. Like branding, like he's hashtagging it, like hashtag case on Energy. <laughs> We're like, what? what? How did this... What do you? So now it's sticking. Now it's starting to stick. Wow. Yeah. Case on energy. <laughs> That's his brand. tremendous. Tremendous job by him. All right. Let's get into uh, let's get into the sports, shall we? Yeah. Let's go. There it is. Our CBS procedural segue music. Are we looking for sports right now? That's right. <laughs> like, we're hunting for sports. This is a montage of us looking everywhere, guns drawn, for sports. It feels dangerous. All right, we're going to go to the A block. Um, this is a, a formatting thing we, uh, we started a little while back when we came back, and I kind of like it, Cal. I, it's sticking because it's, we, we can break the show down. We know what we want to talk about. We know what we want to do. So okay. in the A block tonight, it would be very easy to talk about the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is That's in three days. Three days. The Patriots of New England taking on the Eagles of Philadelphia. I do have a lot to talk about with this, but it's personal. So I want to save you can't it. can't talk about the, it? The beat block. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's personal in nature, and I won't discuss it. Good, sir. I Are said you, good day. You're going to write it in your diary? I'm going to write it in your diary. 
the Super Bowl, the Eagles and the Patriots. Um, no, it's but it's it's not it's not like a breaking down of the game necessarily. No, because I, I know we, it's it's local to you somewhat. So I'm curious to see what's going on by you. Not somewhat. It's local to me. Oh, it is. I mean, I'm 30 miles outside of Philadelphia. They are greasing telephone poles here in Newtown. Like it's. it's oh, they are. Uh, it's local to me. How about where you live in New Hope? Are they greasing the phone poles <laughs> there or no? Nah, it's more of an artsy town. <laughs> uh, no, but so I, I want to get to that. But as is our custom, every time we've talked about the Super Bowl over the years, I think really only the first year we did it because the Jets had gone to the AFC Championship game. Like we really used to break down football then. Then it became more about talking about what we eat. Right. It's like a personalization of the Super Bowl because what are we possibly going to say that you haven't heard in every freaking place in the world over the last two weeks so i want to personalize it but that's in b-block plus we're tired of the patriots quite frankly we are but i have something else on that too oh look at this yes i'm so excited for the rest of this show i know let's just get to it so (laughs) a block though (laughs) what i wanted to talk about is it would be very also easy for us uh, to lead with the Islanders. Uh, for those of you who are new to the program, I doubt anybody is. Um, to lead with the Islanders because we're very big Islanders fans. We're very big Mets fans. We're very big Jets fans. We talk all New York sports here, but those are our main teams. Um, and the Islanders are, are literally, quite literally. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that every time I say literally. I'm going to say quite literally. Uh, pissing away the season. Uh, they got off to a 15-7 and two start. They were in great shape. They were third in the uh, second or third in the uh, Metro Division. They have slipped out of the playoff race since that time. They only have five wins in regulation out of their last 27 games. Um, they're struggling mightily. John Tavares is in a contract year. He's about to be a free agent. The trade deadline is three weeks away. Uh, there are rumors swirling. It is that they got blown out last night, five to nothing by Toronto. It was embarrassing. Uh, they give up uh, 45 shots a game. They have given up five or more goals in 14 or 15 of their 52 games. It is a abject. They have injuries left, right, and center. The coach seems to have lost the team. Team is not listening anymore. The only player who seems to be accountable for his play on the ice is Josh Hosang. That's the only guy. The only guy whoever pays any price for what he does on the ice, for lack of production, for skate flying the zone, is Josh Hosang. Mar- uh, uh, Jason Tremera, 52 games, two goals, a complete black hole on any line that he plays on. He plays every night. We've got to have him in there every night, right? So there's questions about personnel, etc. We can talk about that. And we will in C-Block. <laughs> But what I want to talk about, what, what this has led me to, and what I want to discuss with you up front here, Cal, and have a, a discussion is, the general managers for the teams that we root for, the three teams, the three major teams, I know you're a Knicks fan way more so than I am, but I just want well, to take that's... these, I just want to take the three major ones that we both root for, because I don't really root for the Knicks, I don't really watch the NBA. Um. The general managers for these teams, Mike McCagney is only going into his fourth year. Sandy Alderson's been here, what, nine years now? 
So this will be his eighth. Eighth year. Garth Snow has been general manager of the Islanders for 12 years now. Right. Okay. And these are the teams that I like to call the JV, right? These are the three JV teams, mm-hmm. right? The varsity are the Yankees, the Giants, and the Rangers. The Jets, the Mets, and the Islanders are the JV. I don't think you're the only one that likes to call them that, by the way. No, certainly not. I, I'm certainly I didn't like call them that. that. Yeah, I'm not going to trademark it. Um, but, but so what I want to talk about here, Bry, and ask you about is, and we'll start with Garth Snow, 12-year tenure with a first-round, first-overall pick who's one of the top ten players in the game, right, or at least forwards. Um, maybe top 15 overall. Um, he's one of the best players in the game. He's had him since, what, 2009? Correct? Yeah. That's what I drafted. He has, he has one playoff series win and three playoff appearances in that time. Now, mm-hmm. Garcino operated in uh, uh, anonymity on Long Island. Uh, didn't have any money to spend. Charles Wong, the owner, wanted to run the, the needed to run the team on austerity. They had no money. They couldn't attract free agents. I get everything that's stacked up against Garth Snow, but that's not the case now. Now, here's where I want to start this discussion with these three guys: Garth Snow, Mike McCagnan, Sandy Allison. When's the last time Garth Snow talked to the media? Um. Like an extended press conference type deal? Yes. I don't think I remember. It might have been preseason. Is that possible? Winter before meetings, the season maybe? started? Maybe. It's it's definitely before the season started. Well, we I can tell you, and we know he did send a one sentence tweet uh, text to text. Pierre Lebrun today of the Atlantic. Right. So he did, yes. he, we did hear from him today. And we're going we're gonna to get to that. So you don't, you don't hear from Garth Snow. Mike McCagnan talks about as much as every football GM talks. Right? He talks before the season, and he talks at the bye. And then he does a State of the Union after the season. But Mike McCagnan never gives any answers to anything. No. Like, you ask him about Christian Hackenberg... You don't get an answer. He's, there's zero accountability. Just like you asked Garth Snow about carrying three goaltenders. And you get no answer. Or you get defiance. Like last year, the Islanders carried three goaltenders. It's one of the more idiotic roster moves you can possibly make in the NHL. And it may have very well cost them a playoff spot. They missed the playoffs by one point. And some of those games that were started by J.F. Berube, Jean-Francois, as Wesley loves to say. I mean, how is there a more fun name to say for a seven-year or six-year-old? Well, he's seven now, but about a hockey player? Because Wesley, he gets full into it. It's just, you mean Jean-Francois Berube? <laughs> yes. He's a goaltender and a chef. But he, he's never answered for that. He just did it. Right? Mike McCagnan has never answered for Christian Hackenberg. He just did it. Sandy Alderson doesn't answer for anything. Ever. Like any move. 
there's no answering for it, and there's no accountability at all with these guys. Now, so I want to get your uh, uh, opinion on that. Like, I, I want you to, to jump in on that, but I want to, this is my favorite phrase, put a pin in, what is a realistic expectation of the fan of their general manager? What should, because we've been on these very podcast waves in the past saying, they don't owe you an explanation of their plan. Do they, when they are, have been here for 12 years or eight years or even four years and failed to make the playoffs for the first time in history, in the Jets franchise history, first time a head coach and general manager since 1970 or 71 have failed to make the playoffs in their first three years of their tenure? So, part A, <laughs> accountability, Bry. When do these guys, because they're not answering with their jobs, Doesn't it feel like these three guys are GMs for life for these teams? Well, I think in the case of Garth Snow, let's start with him. The curious he, case he, of Garth Snow in the night? It's not, there's nothing curious about this. This is just this is ridiculous what's going on with Garth Snow. He, um, it came out that he is still under contract for another five years right now. It's four after this one, right? Four after this year, yeah. Which would which would give him a total of a sixteen year tenure <laughs> as the general manager of the Islanders. Um, he's a guy that feels like he's not going anywhere. He's he was protected for years by Charles Wong, right? And I think Charles Wong's parting gift was to protect him with this contract, of which it's very difficult to get him out. You'd have to pay him a lot of money to not be the general manager of the team. Can I ask something? Just, and, and we'll go right back to it. How much do you think Garth Snow makes? Is that, are, is, are you asking me or do you know the answer? Is this a quiz? No, I don't. No, no, this is not a oh, quiz. Okay. I would tell you if I knew the answer. I, I have no idea. Like he could make $800,000 a year. He could make $5 million a year. I have no context. It's like I think it's, it's like looking at somebody and like trying to guess their age. Like I have no context. Could be could be nine years old. Could be twenty seven. I don't know. I think it's somewhere between eight hundred thousand and four million. Yeah. Okay. That's safe. So you want to land that there? I'm gonna. I'm, I I go. I'd say it's probably. I I would say one point five million a year. If I had to guess, I don't know. I don't know if that information is available anywhere. Yeah. It's well. If you type that in, you're not getting it. <laughs> I can see you thinking about it, though. So yeah. maybe it'll come to you. It's got to be over a million dollars a year, right? Yeah. Well, whatever, whatever it is, it's cost prohibitive to just fire him because well, then you got to pay him all this money. You at least have to think twice about it. Yes. Right. Okay. It's at the now, very least to think twice because you're talking probably about five or six million dollars. So let's 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 take a look at Garth Snow's uh, tenure with the Islanders. He was he was the steward of a rebuilding team for about five or six years, right? Yep, six seven years. 2013 is when they made the playoffs. So let's say six years. Yeah. He was given six years, and he could do whatever he wanted. And everybody really was was sort of trusted him, and they liked the things that he was doing. And Oddly. Was, 
Well, no, back then, see, it's very easy right now to say that. But if you transport yourself back into 2012 Sam Pete, you, and you listen to the tapes, I bet you if you listen to the tapes, we were fans of his back then. No, no, I've been a defender of his for a long time. I'm talking about when he first took over, though. He went upstairs from being the backup goalie. Oh, the, the, the initial move was, was bizarre. Yeah, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Not, not the, you're, you're taking us from 06 to 12. My bad. So going yeah. right to 12, yeah. But but then just talking about the initial move being bizarre, it, it it was a bizarre move that came after an equally bizarre move where they hired this consortium of of of, of managers, right. you know, and an executive staff, including Pat LaFontaine and Neil Smith, former GM of the Rangers, and within like four days they had quit. Well, they right, so they fired Neil Smith after forty-one days because well, he stayed the longest. Yeah, he, he was gone like a week. Yeah, he came and he's like, ah, oh, you know, this seven-man management group is not for me, and he left. And so, so Garth Snow, the backup goalie at the time, got the job. Fine, he was a fresh face. We gave him a shot, and he was good for six years. He rebuilt the team. He had a high first-round pick practically every year. Right? He couldn't spend any money. They had to. They had to. Remember the year they acquired Tim Thomas from the Bruins just to get to the salary floor? Yep. Right? The retired so, Tim Thomas? He was retired, and they just needed yeah. a salary on the books. They weren't spending any money. Yep. So then they made the playoffs. And when they made the playoffs in 2013, that was supposed to be the step. That was supposed to be, okay, now let's start building this team. Let's right. build around Tavares. And for whatever reason, he made the trade – for Vanek, that was in 2013? Is that the 13-14 yes. season? I believe so. No, it wasn't. It was the 14-15. It was, it was the, the following year. season, yes. Made the trade early. Made the trade in October. Brought in Thomas Vanek from Buffalo. And they had this, the top line in hockey, arguably, for most of the year. No, it was 13-14. It was 13-14. All right. Um, so they made the playoffs in 12-13. Correct. The first time. Am yeah, 13-14, right? Vanek is with Buffalo, 13 games, then Isles, 47 games, where he has right. 17 goals and 27 assists, by the way. Yeah, no, he was great. And then they, but, they, they, but the team underachieved other than that top yeah. line, and they traded him. Right. And they missed the playoffs. Correct. Right. Then they went back and, in 14-15. And then they went back again in 14-15 – and then they went back again in 15-16 when they finally won a playoff series. Correct. Okay? So he's incrementally making the team a little bit better each year. Now, 15-16 is the point where I start to have a problem with him because they sat on their laurels, and he was very proud of himself for winning a playoff series, and that was the point in time where he should have just completely rebuilt around Tavares and loaded that team up or at least make a move. Loading the team up is, is a lot to ask, but make a move. He made no moves that offseason. And then they missed the playoffs. In you're talking about 16-17. In 16-17. So they missed the playoffs, and he was able to fire Capuano to sort of protect himself. Right. Right? Then we get to the offseason of 16-17 before this year, and the argument that – well, Snow should lose his job also. But the argument to keep him was they're negotiating with Tavares, 
and they want to try to keep him, so they wanted to keep continuity coming into this year with the GM. So he's, there's always been, to your point of being the GM for life, there's always been an excuse for him to stay around. There's always been an excuse. Regardless of performance, there's always been an excuse. And I think that that, um, <clears throat> that level of protection that he's had, has, uh, he's, he, we know he's stubborn, and we know he's arrogant, and we know he thinks he's smarter than everybody. Right? At least that's how, yeah. he, that's how he portrays himself. When that's how he portrays him. himself. I mean, we, we do know people that know him. Right. So, and and he, have said that, that it's not necessarily that he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. He, he is arrogant and has a chip on his shoulder about his position. He's very confident in himself. He's also American. And... No, I mean that's a that's a thing. I, know. I mean he's an American GM dealing with mostly Canadians, right? In the GM position, and he has a thing about that. There's a chip there. Yeah, but go on. You're you're no, you're no, that's spot on. You're breaking it down exactly as as I said. Like when does he pay a price at no, all? That's the thing, and you never you never hear anything about his job being in jeopardy ever. And he never speaks to his job. No. Well, he never speaks. So, he's ne- so nobody even ever gets the opportunity to hold him to the fire, right? Right. He just avoids all contact. Yeah. Like there's, so John Ledecky and, and uh, uh, Scott Malkin by the team, um, it should be said, this is notable in there. They moved to Barclays. Like all this is going on during his tenure. There's more money in the team, right? right. He has the ability to sign free agents. He has the, the ability to spend money. Ledecky yep. comes in and says, spend money, and he doesn't. He takes a well, year he, off. Well, I want to go back to that point, too, because like I've said, he's always had sort of like a level of protection. There's always been something going on. So now the new owners come in, and they're not really focused on Garth Snow, the GM. They're focused on rebuilding the image of the team and moving to Barclays and trying to get a new arena for them. And there's always been something that the owners have focused on, and they've just let Garth do his thing, right. and he's done a really bad job. Of, of building this team. He just really hasn't done enough. Job. Everything is just not enough. Plus, he's given out he hasn't awful done, what contracts. Has he done? What has he done since he made the, those two trades for Boychuk and Letty a couple of years ago? Everly for... Um, Strom for Everly is a great trade. Right. Um, but he, his handling of the goaltenders has been he ridiculous. Signed Lad. signed Lad. It's a solid sign, but he didn't sign Oposo. Everybody wanted Oposo back. Now, you could look at that now and say... You know, Oposo's playing fourth-line minutes <clears throat> on Buffalo. And for the contract that he got, you know, look, Ladd is never going to be good enough for that contract. But I understood why they signed, why they, why they signed Ladd. But, this, but here's, this is the, Oposo's this is the homegrown. <laughs> he is. But, he, but also, at the time that he didn't sign the Oposo, they had come off missing the playoffs, right? That was the yes. year that they – no, I'm sorry. That was the year they, they made the playoffs. That was the year they, made, they advanced. Correct. Right. And everybody said it was time for a change in that locker room. Right. right. They, they had Oposo, they had Franz Nielsen and they had Matt Martin were all free agents that off season. And he didn't right. sign any of them. He let them all go. And he was right to let Oposo go. And he was right to let Matt Martin go. Franz Nielsen, you could argue they probably should have kept. And then he re-signed well, I, I think they tried to, I, I've never killed him on Nielsen. I think Nielsen wanted okay. to leave Capuano, but. So, all right. So here's my, here's my point with all of that. My point is he, he makes these moves 
that sometimes work out, right? And he rests on the laurels of those moves that work out, and he doesn't make another move. So it's almost like he's so, he's so worried about making a bad move that if he makes a good move, he sits on it. It's like, all right, right. I'm good. Plays the this good is card. the last move right. I made. This is what you're going to remember. And then he right. doesn't take a chance and make another move, even when the moves are right in front of his face. But he never answers for them, Cal, ever. And he never answers for them. But, no, but again, <clears throat> he's never, uh, he is never available to answer. All right, let me ask you. What would, what would you like to see? When you say he never answers for them, what, what are you looking yeah. for? I, I think that there's – so I said this uh, a, a couple days ago to somebody in comparison with the Giants, and I want to talk about the Mets and the, and the, and the, um, and the Jets. I said this a couple of days ago about Jeff Wilpon, right? So Jeff Wilpon finally speaks for the first time in three and a half years. He finally speaks, and he manages to insult the face of his franchise – insult the fan base, like it's a complete catastrophe. He complains about how much David Wright's premium insurance premium is. Like, hey, that's not cheap, by the way, that policy we pay on. Like, are you kidding? Are you kidding? And he says that, you know, I, I, he throws his baseball people under the bus and says, well, it's their plan. Don't look at me. And, and he, it's just a terrible thing. And I'm arguing with somebody about, A, what he's saying, like the, the, the content of what he said, but also B, not talking for three and a half years. The Yankees don't make the playoffs and you hear from everybody, everybody. You know, you hear from the Steinbrenners. You, Cashman comes on and says, this is unacceptable. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to be, you know, I'm not saying that the GM has to come out and say their plan. But there's no accountability either for failure. At all. Nobody on the Jets comes out and says, this is unacceptable. You know, now I can see them not saying it after this past year, right? But in Mike McCagnan's case, cut Christian Ackenberg. That says it all. Admit your mistake. Don't keep coming on any interview you do and telling me that he's improving. You made a mistake. Cut him. How could he possibly be on the roster all year? When because you, you when can't did admit you, you made a cut? mistake. When he should have been cut after training camp. And then when well, he's, he's, he's holding back guys on the scout team because he can't throw a pass. Just admit your mistake. Like, there, there are things that these guys can do to show accountability. You don't have to go on WFAN and be like, here's what I should have done, here's what I did wrong, my bad, or here's what we're going to do. You don't have to do that. Although, Garcinot just texted The Athletic today telling them what he's going to do. Great leverage. Good job. Good thinking. Well, but there's, there's your accountability right there, right? No, that's not accountability. He's going right from the Eiserman playbook. It's directly from Steve Eiserman's playbook. Eiserman did the same exact thing two years ago. Same exact thing. Three well, weeks before the trade deadline, that's not we're, not trading Steve, we're, we're not trading Steven Stamkos. Did the same thing. He didn't come out and say it. He did come out and say he leaked it to the media. Absolutely. Yeah, well. It's the same playbook. Garth is, Garth is praying that it goes the exact same way that it did with Stamkos. But, you know, Alderson can come out and say, 
you know, uh, I, I said, you know, the, the, the Mets go 70 and 92 last year. Unacceptable. So that's the word you like to hear from your general managers, right? Yes. You want to hear somebody, you want them to hear them say unacceptable. Or ownership. Or ownership. Because ownership in that facet is speaking for the general manager, right? So Ledecky right now is on the train, you know, riding to the games with everybody on the LIRR, and everything's great, and he got a new arena, which hopefully will be built, and, you know, all this stuff. How about Ledecky comes out and says, hey, this isn't great right now, what's going on on the ice. We need to start winning some games. We got John Tonelli back last week. That's great. How about we win some games? Yes, the general manager is on notice right now. I have no problem with an owner putting his general manager kind of on the hot seat. There's subtle ways to do it. Yeah, that's not acceptable. The way we're playing hockey right now is not acceptable. Things better change. Or the general manager saying that. Just Garth Snow coming on and saying, we're not playing well right now. Things have to change. We have to make some change. I'm accountable for that. That's my product. That's the key word, right? The team that a general manager puts out on the ice or on the field or on the diamond is their product. And if your product sucks, you tell people, hey, my product sucks right now. I'm going to try to fix it. And again, this is not me saying I want Garth Snow to come on the air and tell me about his non-existent trade strategy. I, I don't need him to come on, you know, WFAN and be like, yeah, well, we're going to look to go get a goalie and we're going to go look to get a, you know, Tyson Barry. And I don't need that. You'd like it if he did, though. But I, and you know what? I wouldn't necessarily. It's not necessarily that I, I yeah, if he did that, that'd be great. Like Doug Wade, you right? Would. So like we're super down on Doug Wade right now. I am so disappointed in Doug Wade. But the one thing that he has shown this year over and over again is transparency. He talked about his conversations with Tavares. He's talked in, in depth about his conversations with Anders Lee. A couple weeks ago, he talked in depth with full transparency about Josh Osang and said, this is what we want to see. This is what he's got to do. Now, it's, 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 it's his feeling or whatever, but he's being somewhat transparent. I guess maybe the two words for me here, Cal, with these JV teams are transparency to, to a degree and product. Well, and accountability. And accountability. Accountability is the overall word. But tell me you're going to fix the product. But they don't, owe you, they don't owe you an explanation, do they? They don't owe me anything. They don't owe me, owe me a thing. Right? They don't they owe me a thing. I'm not talking, but this is not an O situation. I'm not owed that as a fan. Because you're, I, you're frustrated. I, I'm bending because I'm frustrated because these particular the three GMs, especially Alderson and, and uh, Garth Snow, seem to have no measure of accountability. Again, I'm not owed them coming and telling me what free agents they're thinking of signing. But I do want my team run well. And I do want mm-hmm. the guy who's running my team to take accountability for the team he's putting out there. I think Sandy Alderson does that. 
Tell me how. I, I would believe it. Tell me how. Sandy Holston goes on, goes on radio. He does interviews. He does the season ticket holder thing. You go to it all the time. You went last week. I just don't ever hear out of – go ahead. I'm sorry. How, how do you think no, he no, does? Finish, finish your thought. I was just going to say, I don't ever hear Sandy Alderson say, the product I put out last year was bad, and I'm going to fix it. It's always, well, this didn't go our way, or we had injuries. Injuries. We had injuries. We had injuries. Right. All these guys. Injuries, injuries, injuries. It's never the, pro- the, the team I put together wasn't good enough last year. No. That's because what I never hear out of Alderson. Well, so he never so he never answers for poor performance is what you're saying. None of them do. That's I think that's my overall point. Who does? I want to uh, so so you really can only compare him to Brian Cashman and uh Craig Gordon and I think his name is Craig Gordon. Jeff Gordon. Is it Jeff Craig? I don't know. The Rangers here. Craig. Yeah. Okay. Whatever his name is. And, Might be Mike. Uh, Jerry Reese. Jerry Reese, who paid for his job, paid with his job this year. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so that's all. You, but that's all you have to compare them to. You don't know across the the rest of the four major sports how much accountability is there, how much answering for poor performance really is there. We don't know that. But I, that's why I'm specifically saying these three teams in comparison to their big brother teams in this town, yeah. in yeah. New York, where Jerry Reese paid with his job. He won two Super Bowls and they fired him because they went 3-13. and 13. And, you know, they tried to bench Eli Manning, and it was a clown show. And so they fired. There's no, there's no tomorrow. All Rex right. Ryan went 4-12. and 12, They brought him back. All right, let's, let's talk about this. Should Garth Snow be fired? Yes. Okay. Should Sandy Alderson be fired? No. Should Mike McCagnan be fired? Now, right now. <laughs> yes. Do you think he should have been fired after last year? Yes. Hmm. Okay. I, I, but I had you on that one. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's a tricky one. He's just only because, been there four just years. Just because I want accountability doesn't mean I want the guy fired necessarily. Okay, just because I want it, just because I, I want them to say that they need to put a better product on the field or ice and then yeah. put a better product on the field. Mike McCagnan was stuck with a very bad situation. He had to spend money his first year because of the CBA, right? So he comes in, he blows all this money, and somehow Ryan Stupid Fitzpatrick has a ridiculously good year. Right. McCagnan's problem for me is he has two things he's done wrong. Two. He drafted Hackenberg. That is an unforgivable, fireable pick. Set your franchise back years. And two, he had fool's gold in year one with a 10-6 and six team. The teardown that they did this year, they should have done last year. Right. He was a year off. He shouldn't have right. gone all in for it in year two, signing back a guy 
who's Ryan Fitzpatrick? Like, at some point, admit to yourself that Ryan Fitzpatrick had a ridiculous outlier year, and he was never going to repeat that and go into that season two years ago with Geno Smith as your starting quarterback. And you don't sign, you know, you don't sign guy, you know, Revis back, or you try to get rid of Revis then. You cut Brandon Marshall. Like, you couldn't cut Brandon Marshall off a 1,500-yard season. I get it. But signing Fitzpatrick back to a $12 million deal, that's, those are the two things for him. So he sort of gets a buy to – because what they did this year, they needed to do. Right. They actually won too many games. Technically. They did. But I give him year four. You have to give him this year, right? I would not have extended him. Well – I know. But that's another thing that these they don't do that. They don't make them sing for their supper. And they they should. should. Of course they should. There's your accountability. That's the accountability you would love to see. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, doesn't work. Play out the last year of your contract. I I don't know. Show me that I should extend you. The other the other nonsense there. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, the Mets did that with Terry Collins. With Collins, yes. They made him sing for his supper, and he sang. And then he didn't eat. He's gone. <laughs> no comida. That was it. I don't want to see Alderson. I, I don't think Alderson deserves to be fired because he, he – I, I don't think he's necessarily done a bad job. Alderson's thing, and the reason I lump these three teams together is I want to hear him say, that wasn't a good team I put out there last year. I want to hear him say, we're going to change what we did last year. And then I also want to see him do it. Well, the problem with, the problem with Sandy Alderson is that he's often way too deliberate. Yes. The curious case right? of Sandy Alderson in the night? It's not, there's nothing curious about this one either. There's nothing. And it's incident, by the way, right? Uh, yes. The curious incident of the dog in the night? That's. Am I getting too literal on uh, literature based on you? I'm not. I'm not that learned, so I sometimes don't understand your reference. <laughs> you just use learned. That's a great job by you. The curious incident of the dog in the nighttime is what I'm going for. There. You were right. Yes. Sandy Alderson is deliberate. He is, and so he's got a plan. Deliberately, he's got a. He deliberately plan. has a plan. Right. Can you he sing? He has a master plan. A master plan? I'm working on a master plan. What is that? Why is that in my head? It's got to be from a movie. Man. Is it from Hamilton? It, no, it's not. Do you ever find that there there are... This is an interesting question for me. Do you ever find that there are bits of either hip-hop or like in your head, but you don't know the song and you don't know how it got there? Like maybe it was like placed at a Sweet Sixteen or, or a Bar Mitzvah or from a movie. Like it's a, it's a it's a hip hop song because I didn't listen to hip hop growing up at all. I don't think you did uh, a lot. And but I still no, have like all, pieces of stuff that get referenced sometimes. 
it's ah, just very like, deep in your yeah like like all of a sudden there'll be like a two live crew line that comes out of my mouth not the really nasty stuff but uh but that's <laughs> from like doug hess in like eighth grade hey listen it, it had a lasting impact on you apparently it's it's like thinking of a master plan is from a hip-hop song but it's from a movie somebody doing that in a movie or saying that in a movie anyway sorry deliberate uh deliberate sandy alderson yes yeah, would you I fire mean, Garth Snow? I would have fired him two years ago. <laughs> right, but I'm saying. So right now, you definitely fire him at the end of this season. I, well, if they, yeah, if they miss the playoffs, I, would, I absolutely. He, you missed the playoffs after having what they had for the first 25 games this year, and then you missed the playoffs, and God forbid John Tavares signs somewhere else, You, there's no way you keep your job. There's no, no but – so John Tavares signs somewhere else. That's what July first is the yeah. deadline. Yeah. Do you fire him before that? No, you can't. Right. So that's so that's the, the reason why they kept him this but, year. Right, but that's the that's the sequence of events that sees Garcino fired. Right. So they miss the playoffs. No. Then no, Tavares signs somebody else. July second, he's fired. He should be. It not necessarily means he's going to be. Do you think he will be? I don't. I have no confidence that he will be. In that scenario, you don't think he would be. I think he would. No, I have no confidence that he would be, ever. I, I don't think see. That's, a, I think that's the only scenario he gets fired in. I don't see any scenario that would make me confident that he loses his job. Mm. There's nothing, short of uh, a, a, a lewd gesture to one of the owner's wives. Right. And even that, I think he could talk his way out of. I I I would disagree with you there. I think that's the only sequence of events that sees him fired. Because he will have missed the playoffs two straight years and lost the franchise player and gotten nothing for him. And Ledecky would have to at that point have to fire him. They'd have to. I think but then I could see Garth Snow selling Ledecky and saying, Well, mm. we lost Tavares, but I'm gonna fix this. Yeah, I don't know if he gets a chance to. We'll see. They were looking for a president of hockey operations last year, then, and nobody wanted the job. Right. So they just they just let Garth Snow continue what he was doing. Well, here's the here's the other thing, though. Yeah, we said this a bunch. The, Capuano, we knew was going to be fired like at a, a certain point, like, but you were never sure of it. I was never sure of it. I said if they got to a certain point, I thought they would fire him. And they did. Wade took over. I think that Snow still sticking around this year is mostly because of Tavares. Oh, I agree 100%. So if he loses him, you know, then the deck is going to be like, we missed the playoffs two years in a row. You hired a coach who, you know, you kept around a coach who didn't do a good job this year. And you lost Tavares. The only reason I kept you around was because of Tavares. Right. Because why wouldn't Tavares resign here? Okay. Why wouldn't he? This is where he can make the most money. This is where he's going to – well, maybe not make the most money, but this is where he's going to get the extra year guaranteed. Yes. Right? 
So he's going to do very well financially for himself. Wherever he goes, he's going to do very well financially, right? He likes it here. He's comfortable. He lives on Long Island. That's all, all indications are he's happy here. Why would he not stay? Because of the, answer, the, the, the complexion of the team. Right. And who's responsible for that? Snow. Right. So there's your accountability. If you lose the franchise player, you've lost him because he's not happy with the complexion of the team. And who's responsible for that? It's the GM. That's where he's got to lose his job. There's your accountability. That would make you happy. But but he would, in that scenario, that's the only scenario I see him getting fired in. Right. And I have no confidence that that would even happen. Right. Which is upsetting. So let's wrap Mm -hmm. up. Let's put a bow on this. I do. I, I, I told you? you. No. I'm saying I, I do. I, th- that's the only scenario I see him getting fired in. If they miss the playoffs and he loses Tavares for nothing, Ledecky will have no choice but to fire him. He'll have no choice. That's not because true. Because he'll have, he'll have, he'll have 3,000 3, people in the arena in Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum the next year in the preseason. You will have, have no to go choice. find – you have to go get him off of Hempstead Turnpike, shaking That's everybody's right. hand and smiling like a like a used car salesman. He's be taking the sandwich. He's gonna have the sandwich board. You have to take the sandwich board off. All right. <laughs> I thought he was being the subway. And all the fun. No. <laughs> look, our our guest sandwich artist, John Ledecky, owner of the island. John Ledecky. He's got, he's making, got the apron on. He's smiling. Making the meatball marinara. The meatball marinara. He's making it nice. <laughs> no, you'd have to. I'm telling you, you'd have to. I like to call this one that's, a two-line pass. Name. <laughs> Jerk. Names that you know, Clark Gillies. That's the scenario. Okay. So let me let me put a bow on this. So when we do our we, next show on we July had a, second, we had a caller. We'll talk about we had this. a caller, by the way. We had a caller, and I wasn't able to get to him or her. And so apologies to whoever that caller was. We we don't we're not usually in the business of taking calls. Um, if we had been back on our game and it wasn't our first show in five months, we definitely would have entertained your call. But thank you for listening. And um, please, you know, uh, subscribe to the pod in, in iTunes and stuff. And, and um, call back. Or call, or, or call back. But I'm not feeling on my game to take a caller. I'm really not. <laughs> right. um, but it, to, to put a bow on this, my, my, J, my GM thesis is these are New York's JV teams for a reason. Right. The established teams in this in this in this city, all of the owners, all of the general managers come out and there's accountability when they don't win. Right? Do you think that Garth Snow could have hung around as general manager of the New York Giants for this long? Well no, he's a hockey general manager. <laughs> they had that's a good point. It's a great point. He wouldn't know what to look for. Of course. They're not gonna let Garth Snow make the second pick. Can I no, can but I, you know what I'm saying? Like organizationally, would would they would they let someone who had Garth Snow's 12 years be general manager for 12 years? No, no, no. chance. No, and here's Jerry Reese got fired want... after one three and thirteen season with two Super Bowl wins. Two. There are general managers that don't have one forever that are good general managers Jerry Reese wasn't a good general manager that's not the point 
He had two Super Bowl wins, and they fired him on one 3-13 and season. Garth Snow's been there 12 years. They've won one playoff series. And he's got four years left on his contract. The Mets went to one World Series. They didn't win it. Sandy Olsen gets extended forever. He's jammed for life. Uh, uh, I, 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 the I other think... teams in this town would never put up with that. Would never put up with it ever. I I think that Sandy Alderson is a different situation. I I, I see where you're going with your GM thesis, but I think Sandy Alderson is sort of his own story. Right, because he rescued the team from where he they did. were financially. Right. He did, and he's. You know, he's been in the game for 40 years and or 30 years, whatever it is, and he's respected, and he, and he does have a track record of being successful. Mike McCagnin is a brand-new general manager. He has no track record. We don't know what he is. He's still learning on the job, essentially. Garth Snow, he's been there for 12 years, but he's only really operated like a general manager for half that time, and he was a goalie right before this. He wasn't even in the front office. You know, There's no I way. Think Sandy Alderson has to be sort. That's God. fair. No, no, that's fair. No, you're what right. What are you saying? Say you. What were you saying? I was gonna say. I was just gonna say. Garth Snow to me is no question. There's no chance the Yankees, Rangers, or Giants would have a guy in that position, no matter what the circumstances were, for 12 years with one playoff series win to show for it. There's no chance. He well, would have been fired three or four years ago. Easily. Easily. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. McCagnin, all I, I think you're right. I think there's a special case with Alderson. I do. Because he's a you know a 67-year-old man or whatever he is who's been around the game for 100 years of his 67. And he he's respected. He's a baseball guy. I get all that. But if he was general manager of the Yankees, and they went to the World Series and lost. They hadn't made the playoffs. This huge rebuild, which would never happen with the Yankees anyway. They go to the wild card in 2016. Then they go 70 and 92 in 2017. Would he be the general manager this year? Yes. He, he gets one more year, though, right? Exactly. You get a year to try to fix it. Right. Now, if the Mets go 80 and 82 this year, is Sandy Olsen getting fired? Nope. Sandy Alderson's never getting fired, but Sandy Alderson never gets – because he has earned the right at this point to not get fired. But that's I not think. acceptable, though, Cal. Like, at what point do you have to be accountable for the team you put on the field? I don't – you know, like, earn the right for what? The farm system is barren. Barren. The organization down in AAA, the Las Vegas 51s or whatever they are, were run into the ground. The players were embarrassed to play for that team. Did you read that article today? Yep. Embarrassed. They had to fire the whole staff. Everybody's wondering why Dom Smith can't push his way away from the buffet table because nobody taught him how to be a professional baseball player at AAA. Embarrassed. The, wow. the minor league system is a, is a disaster. They had to bring Omar Minaya back. We're going to talk about Dom Smith another day. To run their minor league system. 
Omar Minaya is not running their minor league system. Terry Collins. What is he in charge of? He's in charge of scouting. Great. Omar Minaya. You know what? Honestly, that's Terry Collins' best position right now. It is, of course, it is. Because but I'm saying they brought they brought Omar Minaya back to be in charge of scouting. This is what I'm talking about. So what has Sandy Alderson done that he earns a lifetime of of mediocre seasons and not winning? At some point, you have to win, or you don't get to keep your job just because you bailed everybody out of the Madoffs. He just won, he just made the playoffs two years in a row. Out of I understand that two years in a row. So how many years does that him? how many years does that buy him? He is. I just said I wouldn't fire him. I just said I wouldn't fire him. But he goes 75 and 87 this year. I would. How many years does he get? How many years does 2015 buy him? If, 70, if he goes 75 and 87 this year, I don't, I don't think he, they're going to That would be to hard to do. Him. That would be I hard to do because that would be 172 games, right? No, that's right. Oh, my math is okay. Right. It was my understanding. Yeah, there would be no math. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't honestly with Sandy Alderson. I don't think they're going to need to fire him. I think he will walk away when he's when it's time to walk away. If he has another bad season, I think he'll. I think he'll walk away. I think that's it. I don't think he's going anywhere. Hmm. You said it yourself. He seemed reinvigorated this year, right? He did, but if, but if now this fails on him, I think he's just going to be like, I can't screw this. I'm done. The point, my point is when you've been around That's the fair. game for 40 years and you're as good a baseball man, he's a good baseball man. Regardless of whether you want him to be accountable or you want him to be, you know, you want to have a public report card of him and put him in town square and have him judged by everybody because they lost, right? He's been in the league for 40 years. He's a good baseball man. He's earned the right to sort of write his ticket and leave when he needs to leave. And I think he'll see the writing on the wall. If, if this team fa- he he brought a new manager in. He's given this a shot. And if this fails, <laughs> if Mickey Calloway, you know, smothers them with love and they lose, lose 89 games this year, I really think all this is going to be like, you know, I, I, I give up. Ricco, it's yours. You deal with it. And he'll walk away. I don't think no I chance don't think he walks I don't think you're going to see five more losing seasons out of Sandy Alderson. I would hope not. <laughs> Under well, your theory, though, he's allowed to have five more losing seasons. He would be allowed to, yes, but he won't. He, I don't think he'll allow now, himself. You disagree on the Garth thing with me. I disagree totally on you on him stepping away. To me, with Sandy Olsen, it's like, hey, look, if we finish, if we finish seventy-five and eighty-seven this year, not my, it's not what I did. We had injuries. Bob Bip was down. Uh, you know, there was, there was, uh, we hit really well with runners in scoring position with two outs on Tuesdays. Like, it, it, there will be thirty-seven reasons why it went wrong because he put together the perfect plan to win. Like, every team that Sandy Olsen puts out there is constructed to win on his spreadsheet and in his Ivy League tower, it's constructed to win. So if something goes wrong, hey, listen, hey, listen, we're we're losing games, uh, you know, but if you look at our exit velocity 
on many of Lucas Duda's at-bats, uh, we should be winning those games. I, I mean, he will find 37 reasons, none of which are his fault, to say, you know what, I'm going to take another run at it again this year. I, can, I cannot see him walking away from the team. All right, I'll give you an example. Back in 2015 when he made the trade for, for Carlos Gomez and then it fell through, and then right. he wound up with Cespedes, right? Sure. Do you remember he was pretty forthcoming about the fact that he didn't want Cespedes? Yes. He never wanted him, he, and he was very public about admitting he was talked into it. Yes. Right? Sure. That's he he I don't know what you want to call that. Maybe that's transparency, maybe that's uh, I don't it's know. Definitely what you transparency. Want to call it. Yeah, but maybe it's not accountability. But if 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 he if he had his I, way, I think it's he both. would have made that trade. Correct. Right? And they wouldn't right. have gone to the World Series. And they wouldn't have gone to the World Series. And, and he, he'd probably and, be out of a job right now. Not according to my theory. Not according. <laughs> that is that is that is exactly that is transparency, that is hubris. So I was wrong. Like. That's what you want to see. No, that's. I don't want to pound a flash. I don't want a guy to to rake himself oh. over the coals. No. I don't think you. Know I don't need. Garth, I don't need Garth Snow to come to to come out right now and be like, I made a mistake carrying three goalies. But if he's asked about later. it. You want him to you want him to admit it now? I kind of would, just about that. But if he's asked about it, can you? Yeah, that didn't work out. He didn't like, get that's asked all. about it though. He, he did get asked, asked about it, and he said we that's what we chose to do is the right move for us because I'm smarter than all of you. I mean, that was the subtext. You have to read between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> I see your point about Alderson. I just I I, I respectfully, good sir. I disagree okay. about him stepping away. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I think that when could he, you when see he leaves, any gonna... scenario he does get fired in? Sandy Alderson? Yeah. Zero. Right. Zero. I see zero scenario that he gets fired. If they go sixty-eight and ninety-four this year, he he walks away. Then he walks. He'll walk. So he think, walks I off he, the worst season ever. He walks. So he goes 70 yeah. and 92. He tries to rebuild it. It goes 68 and 94, and he walks. He'll walk. Yeah. Oh, what does he care? He's he care? He'll go work, oh, he'll go work he's, for Manfred next year. He's a stubborn SOB, though. He's a stubborn SOB. You're going to tell him that that team he put together on his spreadsheet only won 68 games? He'll go work for Manfred. That's true. That's a good point. Or, or you know what? Or he'll he'll come back one more year, and he'll give Mickey Calloway another shot. Maybe he didn't hug people enough. Give him another shot. (laughs) You know the only way he – don't fall into that narrative. Don't do it. Let's not do it. Let's not do it on this program. Let's not do it. He's going to care more about those players than they've ever been cared for before in their lives. Let's not do it. Let's not do it. In their lives. He was excited. He said it. It's not. It's really not a big deal. It's really not. No. I don't think it is. I think it's, I I, I think, you know, what's his name? Uh, Brett Boone 
or uh, Aaron Boone said the same stuff. Said the same yeah, thing. Well, I'm not talking about Aaron Boone. I'm talking about Mickey Calloway. But they're all saying this. They're all saying this. Do you like me? Check yes or no. <laughs> What's your favorite color? You know when Alderson walks away? Do if you they call win it this pasta year. Pasta or macaroni? What? When if they win like? this year. What, the World Series? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying they're going to. Yeah, I could see him walking away, sure. Off a of World Series? Then yeah. he walks. That's when he yeah. walks. That's the only way you're getting rid of Sandy Alderson. Well, he signed a, he signed a new contract in the offseason. How many years did he sign for? Do you know? I think it was three, but it might have been two. Three. Whatever it was. I think it's not think, more than three. I think he will he will not be here more than three years. Yeah. He could let him he could see the contract through. Maybe if they start developing a little bit and Mickey Calloway's got something going, and they have a shot to, to like, they, let's say they fall short this year. He wants to come back again next year, see what, what's happening. Uh, he's not going to go another contract, that's for sure. 80 and 82, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's not. Yeah. yeah. And you know why? You know why he's not going anywhere at 80 and 82? Because that would have been a 10-game improvement. Exactly. You don't fire somebody on a 10-game improvement. Even if it's not, even if you're not happy with it, you don't fire somebody. So what he did, essentially, is he reset the clock on himself by go, being so bad last year. Right. Anything that he does is going to be an improvement for the next couple of years. If they're better, they're not going to lose. They're going to win 68 games. What now? They're not going to win 68 games. Okay. How about 70? I think I think they're going to win more than 70 games. Okay. You can't talk to me about this. We'll, we have two months to get into it. I'm not right now. You you still got your Islander hat on, so I can't. We can't have a conversation not only that, about the Mets. You, you know, right now with the Mets, they're going to win 95 games. Like I'm just saying, it doesn't make a difference. I'm the eternal optimist. Everybody's going to be healthy, and they're going to win 95 games because I just I deserve this in my lifetime. It's not I deserve it out of my out of team. Basement. Correct. They have a second baseman, Cal. He wears number seven. Um, oh, boy. So, or 13, because apparently he wants to play second base. Um, Isn't that fun that he gets to decide where he wants to play? Yeah. Well, let's just give Asdrubal Cabrera the team while we're here. Isn't that great? Didn't oh. want to play last year. Demanded a trade. Now he's telling you, oh, now I want to play second base. I love cash cap. All right. So that brings the thesis to a close. The JV teams are JV for a reason. And it shows with their general managers. It really does. Um, and Gar Snow should be fired, like, tomorrow. Um, all right. Let's do a little bit of B-block and a little bit of Super Bowl. Okay. Funny story. I live 30 minutes from Philadelphia. Right. Everybody here in this area is a Phillies... Flyers, and Eagles fan. Okay. Now, we've talked about this on the program before. My children, New York sports fans, we moved here two and a half years ago. They are carrying on the New York sports thing. They wear their Islanders jerseys, their Mets jerseys, their Jets jerseys. They're fine. We've had a little problem over summer. I remember summer camp. We had a little problem. Mm-hmm. Some, some jackass 
Camp counselor made fun of Wesley wearing a Cespedes jersey. Um, he's been dealt with. Won't see him no more. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe whoa. rephrase that. <laughs> whoa. We're not going back to that camp. Is okay. what I meant. <laughs> so, um, the Eagles, uh, somewhere midpoint this season, my little guy at his school, uh, he's Case in on energy. Uh, Case on Energy. He's in pre-K. We got to push the brand. But he's with a <laughs> with a hashtag Case on Energy. He's with a couple of. Uh, uh, kindergartners that, that are big Eagles fans and they're kind of like pushing the Eagles on them. Hmm. So are the teachers. Everybody there. You know, the, you know, he's coloring Eagles stuff. Like by the end, like every day I pick him up and he has like kind of free time at the end. And like, oh, daddy, there's 15 Eagles players. We're not making Jets. We're not doing Jets players. No, daddy. <laughs> fly, Eagles, fly. Fly to victory, top of his lungs, like in Acme, like in the middle of singing the Eagles fight song, the whole thing. <laughs> the little guy. And I told you about the split screen, right? I told you about the Jets, Broncos. Yes. Yep. Did we do a show for that where I had to no, put it on? No, I don't think on, we did, but. You know, I'm watching the Jets-Broncos game, um, and, and, Kate, and it was the Eagles-Rams, like big Eagles-Rams game that apparently they had been talking about in my four-year-old school all week. And I put the Eagles or the Jets uh, Broncos game on. Little guy goes, "Hey Dad, uh, could we?" Uh, it goes to commercial. Could we uh, uh, check the Eagles game, please? What now? What? It's very polite. Daddy, can we check the Eagles game? They're playing the Rams. All right, all right, sir. So I flip that on, and then I remember I have split screen or you know picture in picture, and so I put it picture in picture. But the sound is on the Jets game. And he's like, Daddy, can you put the sound on, on the Eagles-Rams game? I said, I can't, believe, I can't believe this. I took a picture of it. Like, I, I can't believe this is where I am now. Kid's like an wow. Eagles fan. So he's not. He's still a Jets fan. We make a pact. I, I have paperwork printed up. I have it notarized. Both boys sign it. Uh, you, are, you are Jet fans. You will root for the Jets. If the Jets play the Eagles, you root for the Jets. But every other week, you can root for the Eagles, as well as the Jets. They can be your second favorite team. I am allowing this because it's the Eagles. The Eagles don't bother me. They're, they're, they're not a Jets rival. Uh, they're a Giants rival, so that's even better. And they play each other once every three years. They're never going to play in the Super Bowl because the Jets will never get there. And so we're fine here. Every three years, root for the Jets. And we'll watch both games, and we can do that, and it's fine. Never, ever, 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 never, ever would this happen for the Phillies or the Flyers. Ever. I should hope not. So now they're having pep rallies, like for the playoffs, at their schools. Like you're getting emails from the school. Where are your Eagles colors? But, Kyle, we didn't grow up with this. Because there's two teams for every sport. There's not two teams here. It's the yeah. Eagles. They expect everybody who lives here to be an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. Or a Phillies fan. Or a Flyers fan. We didn't have we didn't have Met Pep rallies at our schools. Wesley's in first grade. There's a huge Eagles Pep rally tomorrow. Spirit Day. 
They're sending emails home. You know, dress your kids in the Eagle stuff. These kids do any work? No. Very lax. Wow. They get created with rainbows and sunflowers. And And hugs. It's very progressive in New Hope. Can't Um, be hugs. You can't. You're not allowed to do that. Um, So, last week, I have not let them or bought them any Eagle stuff. Last week, they're having their spirit day, you know, pep rally thing. Casey's like begging me for something. I'm not buying them jerseys. I'm not doing it. So I get them little tattoos, like the peel and stick tattoos, Eagles (laughs) tattoos. This is as far as I am willing to go. And you can wear a green shirt. I'm like, why don't you wear your jet jersey? It's green. (laughs) So So they put the tattoos on their hands. You know, so you could see them and stuff, and one on, like, their forearms and stuff. So that was good. That got us through last week, or two weeks ago. Now they made the friggin' Super Bowl. Tomorrow, they're having, like, we had to bring stuff to class like now. They're doing, like, they're doing, like, a tailgate in his class. With, like, <laughs> hot dogs and, you know, popcorn and, like, all the parents are bringing stuff. And Oh, man. The tattoos were not going to be enough. And now Casey's, like, drawing pictures of, like, Malcolm Jenkins. Like, he's like, yeah, Daddy, he's number 21. I'm like, what is... You You don't know Austin Safarian Jenkins' number? What is going on here? And by the way, this is all Ryan Fitzpatrick's fault. So, (laughs) my wife is like, you know, Teresa's like, look, we got to get them some stuff. We don't want them to feel left out. We want them to be a part of it and like enjoy it. And I know this is like a thing for you, but like, it's not the, she goes, it's not the Flyers or the Phillies. And I was like, all right, get them some t-shirts or something. So we purchased my first ever paraphernalia for a team that is not the Mets, Jets, or Islanders. Now that's not that's not a hundred percent true because we have the Carlos Correa sweatshirt that my father in law got. But it does not say and it does not say Astros on it. Okay. It says two thousand fifteen NL or AL rookie of the year. And then it says Correa number one on the back. My father in law that in tune to how much this means to me, did not buy them an Astros thing. Eagles t-shirts have been purchased. Wow. Eagles t-shirt and then an Eagles snow hat, you know, snow cap. By the way, and just, just as a quick aside, this entire, conver- this entire conversation, I've been imagining that you're referring to the Eagles, the band. And all I'm thinking about <laughs> is Casey being a huge like Don Henley fan. And when you're talking about Eagles t-shirts, I'm thinking concert t-shirts and it really, it's a hysterical image in my mind. It's fantastic. He's got like the, the Don Henley Afro, like he's like wearing like a fake (laughs) and the wristband, you know, he's like got the wristband. He's drunk like Joe Walsh. Right. He's got the ridiculously tight t-shirt on, you know, that says like Colorado. Right. Oh, that's uh, fantastic. Sorry, yep. He's singing wow. Seven Bridges Road. Yeah. This is... 
So uh, they're pumped up. They're pumped up for the game. Now, Wesley's, I got to say this. Casey's like all a case on energy, all in. Yeah, hashtag. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to get him back to the Jets. What if they win the Super Bowl? Wesley's not buying it as much. All right, good. Wesley said a couple of things like, yeah, it wouldn't be terrible if the Patriots destroyed the Eagles because he's getting a little sick of hearing the Eagles fans. Okay. So he's yeah. he's safe. He is safely Jets fan. The other guy, though. I could lose Casey. Like, what if so they now, win the Super Bowl and there's just I'm like saying. a week of celebration? That's what I'm saying. Now we have that. a problem. Now we have a problem. Because right. I hate the I hate the Patriots. Of course I want the Eagles to beat them. But do I want the Eagles to beat them? All right, this leads me to my next question. At what cost, my man? <laughs> Will you be watching the Super Bowl with them? Yes. Okay. Are you going to openly root for the Eagles because of your hatred of Very the Patriots? Tough. Very tough right now. So, so you're, you are riding a very fine line because you hate the Patriots, so your instinct is to react positively for the Eagles. But by doing Correct. so, you may be pushing Kayshawn Energy further away from you. Hashtag. Correct. What do you do? I don't know. Man. There's a part of me that wants to see the Eagles get shellacked to sort of tamp this down. <laughs> like, you just put this fire out now and be like, after the game, like, yep, well, just think, next year we'll get to root for the Jets again. And, you know, the Jets will have Kirk Cousins or they'll draft, you know, Baker Mayfield or like a quarterback. I, that's, this comes back to the Fitzpatrick thing. Because right. Casey's, Casey's gateway drug to the Eagles was Wentz. So he needs a quarterback. He needs a quarterback desperately. All right. Loves See, now- Wentz. The kid's wearing the Wentz jerseys. When Wentz got hurt in that Rams game, Casey was upset. Yeah, that's his guy. He said the other day, I wish that Wentz wasn't hurt for the Super Bowl, Daddy. Be a lot better. I'm like, Nick Foles is good, buddy. Nick Foles is okay. Then when quietly I'm like, maybe Wentz is hurt for longer than this year. I I need a quarterback. This is all Ryan Fitzpatrick's fault. See, the other byproduct of the Patriots destroying the Eagles is that you could get him on board with hating the Patriots more, hating too. the Patriots, yeah. See, right? Wesley hates the Patriots. It just somehow clicked for him there. Nah, that's born. You don't, you don't develop that. That's what that <laughs> right. comes with you when you, it clicked, you I was surprised, though. It clicked in really easily for him. Well, you remember the day he was born. What happened? Oh, I remember it well. 45 so, to so 3. That's sort, of, I, that's sort of how he arrived in the world. Correct. Forty-five so to three, sense. right? December six, two thousand and ten. That's very much. I went home that night all psyched to watch the game. I'd been up for thirty-seven hours. 
my first child just born left the hospital. My wife said, go, go watch the game. Go. You've been here forever. Go, go get some sleep. Watch the game. The only good part, I've said it a million times, was I was so tired. I was so freaking tired. Yeah. Because I literally had been up. I had been up like actually probably closer to like 40 hours or 42 hours or something like that. And uh, because we went in on Saturday night and this was like Monday night. And uh, (laughs) and the only positive was I could go to sleep because they got down 24 to three. Like in the first quarter. And I was like, I'm going. That's it. Good night. I went to sleep. Like I just didn't even watch the rest of it because I knew they were going to get shellacked. That was the only part of them getting blown out. But yes, he he was born into it. He was born that way. Yeah. So I think that that's where that comes from. All right. So uh, uh, predictions. I know you're not in the prediction business anymore since your Oscar fiasco, but um, of uh, 2013. But predictions. You want a prediction of the game? Like what's no, going to happen? No, I want a prediction of what, what Pink is going to wear when she sings the National Pink Anthem. Pink is not singing. It's Justin Timberlake. Did you know that? The National Anthem is Pink. Oh, that's Pink, yes. And she's from Doylestown, about 15 minutes from me. Oh, no kidding. And she is a very big Eagles fan. <laughs> well, all right. So... Let's see. Let's see what Pink does. We'll see what Pink she's going to sing the National Anthem. Oh, okay, good. That's my prediction, is that she's going to sing it. Excellent. And she's not going to mess the words up, and nobody will kneel. Will she have an Eagles jersey on? (laughs) You can't. Why can't you? See, Giannotti said that this morning. Like there, there's like a Vegas prop about her saying "Go Eagles" before it, or after it, or even during it. Which I don't know how you'd say "Go Eagles" during the national anthem. And he was like, "You can't do that. It's a national anthem. Like, why can't you say "Go Eagles" at the end was of he, it?" Was he that upset about it? He was. Like he was furious. It was ridiculous. <laughs> you can't. I don't think you can. Why can't you say "Go Eagles" at the end of the national anthem? Eh. I oh, think come I, on. At the Super Bowl, I think you kind of have to play it straight and just sort of. But what if she sang it? I, if she, I think if she sung it at an Eagles home game, she absolutely could. She could even wear the jersey oh. that day, too. Super I think Bowl, she I don't should think be able to wear the jersey. Oh, just let her wear the jersey. I don't think so. Disagree. That's, that's, that, that doesn't bother me. because She's a fan. She's an Eagles fan. Yeah, good. Let her be an she I'm sure she will be in a box rooting for the Eagles as soon as she finishes. Well, she can't wear a jersey while she's singing the national anthem? Why is she going to do that? How does it upset the national anthem? It upsets the Patriots fans. Who cares? She sings the national anthem. She's not refereeing the game. <laughs> if she was the line judge, then it would be a problem. What if she was wearing the line judge shirt? <laughs> Just a What if they shirt? did celebrity line judges for the Super Bowl? <laughs> for the Super Bowl. Not even just for an <laughs> exhibition game. Right. For the Super Bowl. For the biggest and, game of the year. Right. It's, and it's a vote. You can, you can tweet your vote for an, a choice of four of them. Correct. Right. <laughs> the Pepsi line judge. Super Bowl line judge contest. 
right? That would be great. That would be amazing. And I would not. I'm not so sure they would do a worse job than the actual referees. Right. So you'd have uh, that's 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 really telling, and it's not wrong. It's not that far. So basically, off. like we'd have like Bruno Mars. Right? Are they all? Are they? Well, that's really, that was the Grammys last week. So at the Grammys, everybody sort of presents their case <laughs> as to why they should be the celebrity line judge, and then you have a week to to call or to or text, right? And then they make Janelle Monet is going to be the <laughs> the, the field Lisa judge. Bonet? Lisa Bonet. Janelle Monet. What's oh, her name? She said Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet is going to be the field judge. Oh. Bam, 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 Sorry. Too soon well, to do the Cosby song? Well, you've got to be careful. It's too soon for him. So. It's too soon Any for him. It will always be too soon. I think she could wear an Eagles jersey. I get that. I get saying not go Eagles, not saying go Eagles, but she could wear an Eagles jersey. I I would rather her say go Eagles than wear an Eagles jersey. I think really? that's more acceptable. Yeah. Interesting. Will you accept her dyeing her hair green? Yes. The judges will accept that. All right. Maybe that's a compromise. That's a co- there we go. Pink dyes her hair green. Right. Right. Well, uh. So what do you no? What's your prediction besides pain, Clubber Lag? The Patriots are going to win the game. The football game. Well, yeah, the football game. Uh, game. Do you see it being a the close game? game. It's a four point. It's a four point spread. Patriots giving the four points. Wow, I could see a blowout here too. Oh, God, they got to win another one. Really. I think- I think this I have a, I can see this game going very similar to the Eagles Vikings game where the Eagles get the ball first and they come flying out and they score right away and everybody's excited and then the Patriots are like all right let's just let's just end this and then it's it's yeah. a very business like effort for the Patriots. I don't think there's going to be any dramatic comebacks. I don't workmanlike. Yeah, I think this is just going to be like they're they're a lunch pail game. For the Patriots. Oh boy, that's what I think. I hope I'm oh. wrong. I and I'll, I'll tell you this: I'm only watching it because it's the Super Bowl. I I have no interest. Three days before the game, I have no, no, very little interest in this game. Really, very little interest. And I thought by now, like that's how I thought. As soon as Championship Sunday ended, I was just like so dis- distraught over. Oh, here we go again. Patriots in the Super Bowl, not that jazz about the Eagles. This is going to be boring. And then I thought, well, I get through the week, and then the week before the Super Bowl, I'll start to get excited about it. And now we're at Friday, and I still don't have any like real feelings for it. No, no. juice. No, really. What are you going to eat? That's the big question. We have to figure that out because this this might be our first family Super Bowl, like where the boys are kind of watching it and into it and. Teresa right. will watch it with them and stuff like that. And she likes to watch the Super Bowl and stuff like that. But the last few years, we, like, put the boys to bed, and, and that's not happening this year. Like, Case on Energy, hashtag, is, um, you know, he's, he's all in. Wesley, no, nah, I mean, he's not going to stay up till 10 o'clock or 1030. But, um, but they're, you know, they're going to want to be watching, and we'll do, like, the food thing and, you yeah. know, 
Probably go pigs in a blanket early for the little guys. Yeah, that's a good one. Good solid pigs in a blanket. We've had a couple of tailgate type situation watching here with the Jets. I've done it a couple times. Uh-huh. Uh, so like this year for the Patriots game, uh, our good but the first Patriots game when there was actually something on the line and the Jets got out to a fourteen nothing lead and then there was the end of the season. Um remember it well. I actually uh uh Dan, our buddy Dan Nello came to watch yeah. the game with us and the boys right. uh made made signs and we had the jerseys everywhere and for Dan? For for that game, yeah, for Dan. They made a welcome oh, Uncle like Dan sign. Welcoming him like yeah. Yo Dan. Welcome Uncle Dan for the Jet game. Oh, nice. Red carpet. Full red carpet. Wow. Well, and we tailgated and we made, uh, you know, boneless wings and, uh, you know, pizza rolls. And we did that kind of food thing where the boys, you know, and they watched about a half, watched about a half a game. Casey has watched more of an Eagles game than he ever has of a Jets game. It's great. It's good. It's getting close. Yes. I think it's going to, I actually think it's going to be. I, I actually could see it being a good game because the Eagles, and I've seen a lot of them, <laughs> um, the Eagles defense is, is, is excellent. I've always liked Nick Foles. You know that. I know. I have always liked Nick Foles. I've always felt like he is a competent NFL quarterback who on a given day can make the throws that he needs to make. And I thought that Jeff Fisher destroyed him and that he's a good NFL. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Let me throw this one at you. Kirk Cousins for $28 million a year or Nick Foles for a fourth-round draft pick? Which are you doing if you're the Jets? Well, I'm doing Nick Foles for a fourth-round draft pick. Nick Nick Foles for a third-round draft pick or Kirk Cousins for $28 million. Is Kirk Cousins that much better than Nick Foles? I think he's better. He's not that much better. But I think you can't get Nick Foles for a third-round pick. Does that depend on if he wins the Super Bowl or not? I think if he wins the Super Bowl, you can't get him, period. And the Eagles have no, the Eagles have no motivation to trade him because he's under a very friendly contract for the next three Unless years. Unless it's for a high pick. It would have to be for, like, I think if he wins the Super Bowl, you could get a number one pick for him. Maybe. You could ask, you could ask it. I don't know if you get it, but you could right. ask it, and somebody might give it to the you. Jets have, the Jets have two number twos. Did you give up a second-round pick for Nick Foles? He goes, in there, he goes in there on Sunday and goes, you know, 20 of 31 for 245 and two touchdowns, no picks, and wins the Super Bowl? I don't think you could get him for a second round pick, but I, I would I would do the lower of the second round pick. I wouldn't do that number thirty eight pick or whatever it is. Okay. I know I know where you're going, and I know I know what road you're leading me down to get the answer that you're looking for. I I am familiar with with your work, and I would agree. Nick Foles is not that far off from Kirk Cousins. But Kirk Cousins his, is good. Uh, those two years, Kirk Cousins is okay. We, we're going to get to that in another show. But um, uh, I think he's good. Those two I think years he's better than okay. 
is he a top ten quarterback in the league, Kirk Cousins? Oh, boy. Let me check with uh, Todd McShay, see what he says. <laughs> How I've missed the McShay. I know. My favorite part of draft season. Yes, I can't wait for that podcast to come back. Top ten? Oh. All right, so let's do this. Let's, I'm let's gonna see crazy. Can, I'm going to see if I can name 10 quarterbacks better than Cousins. Here I go. Uh, Brady. One. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> Tom Brady's the only one. Uh, Brady, Aaron Rodgers is better. Uh, I think... Better than Cousins? I think Breeze is probably better than Cousins. I think Roethlisberger is better than Cousins. I think um, uh, we'll Wentz. Balls. I think Wentz is better than Cousins. Yeah. Is um, Luck? Hard to say at this point with the injuries. I only Luck out of it for now. Rivers? I think I'd rather have Cousins over Rivers. Okay. Fair. Derek Carr. I think I like Cousins better than Derek Carr. Okay. Uh, Eli. I think I like Cousins better than Eli. I like him better than Prescott. I like him better than... You like him better than Prescott. Okay. I do, yeah. Cam Newton. I probably would take Cam Newton yes. over Cousins. You would. You would. No, it's not that, it's not that clear cut, but I would. You I would. would. He's, he's, he's done enough. Matt Ryan. Chagrin. No, I would too. Look on your face. <laughs> but I admit to it. I cop to it. You would have to take Matt Ryan, definitely. Right. Um, I'm not taking Winston. I'm not taking. I'm, I can't take Garoppolo yet. I can't. Next year, maybe. I can't take Garoppolo yet. You're taking Garoppolo. <laughs> I'm not taking Goff. Okay. Because I take no Goff from nobody. You take <laughs> no Goff. Goff. That's right. You never um, have. You take no golf. Who am I missing? Uh, Case Keenum. I like Cousins better than Case Keenum. Yep. Um, Russell Wilson. Well, we'll take Russell Wilson over him. Okay, yes. let's see. Matthew Stafford is a really close one. I would take Stafford over him. Uh, I think I would. I yes. think I'd take Stafford. Yes. That's nine. Yes. So if I, if I, can, if I can find one more, then he's not a top ten quarterback. Andy Dalton? No. Numbers are similar. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Andy Dalton. Okay, I, th- I agree. I think I'd take Cousins. I think uh, whoever it is, Tannehill, I would take Cousins over Tannehill. I'd take him over uh, the other guy, Tyrod Taylor. Of course. I'd take him over McCown. Fairly obvious. Uh, uh, Houston. Who's in Houston now? Uh, oh, uh, um, uh, Deshaun? Deshaun Watson, mm, too soon, I think. I think he's another one. i got to wait a year. You take him over, uh, um, uh, what's the his Browns. name? Alex, or Alex Smith? Oh, the, oh, the Redskins did. <laughs> the Redskins did. <laughs> so I guess okay. there's your answer. So we, we got there. I have him as the 10th or 11th best quarterback in the league. Yeah, that's, yeah I think that that's, you're right. Right? So that's, that's fine. He's a top okay. 10 quarterback in the league. Okay. 
Of those quarterbacks that we talked about, how many is Foles better than? <laughs> off the top of your head. Probably none. I, I probably put him right there with Cousins. Oh, you think that Foles, you don't think any of those other quarterbacks are better than Foles? No, no, I'm saying no to? Oh, the ones that we said no to. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. See, I'm. I'm I don't I, see I, I mean, are you I'm, discounting? Are you discounting Mariota and Winston and? Well, right now, is who's a better quarterback, Foles or Mariota? I'd take Foles. I, I would. Think, I, I don't think you'd be wrong. It's close. My, see, where, where I'm, where I'm trying to get to is, what I'm trying to get to is how far away is Foles from Cousins? Because that's the that's how this all started. That's what I'm right? saying. I don't think they're I don't think they're far at all. If Cousins is twelve and Foles is eighteen, no, maybe Foles is not eighteen. How many teams? That, let's do this. How many teams is Foles starting on right now? Well, that's the exact same thing that we just did, really. But it's the reverse. How many teams is he starting on right now? I mean, the whole AFC East, yeah, except the, the Patriots. Patriots right? He's starting on the Bengals. He's starting on the Browns. He's starting on the Texans. He's, he's not starting, starting on the Ravens or Steelers. He's not starting on the Ravens or Steelers, although how much better is Flacco? We didn't say Flacco. No, but Flacco's better. Yeah, he is. I don't think he's better than Cousins, but I think he's better than Foles. I think Flacco falls in between the two of them. Okay, but so but he's not starting on those two teams. But we've already got five team or seven teams that he's starting for. He's not starting on the Texans because of Deshaun. He's not starting on Kansas City because of Mahomes, right? Right. He's not starting on the Chargers. He's not starting on the Raiders. He's not starting on the. But he's he that far behind. And is he that? He's definitely starting on the Broncos. Is he that far behind David Carr? David Carr Derek had one Carr. good year, or uh, Derek Carr, sorry, he had one good year. I mean, how many is he starting on the Giants? Is he better than Eli right now? We're gonna get phone calls. <laughs> I don't think he is better than Eli right now. That's that's close for me. It's close. Is he starting on the Cowboys? Uh, is he starting over Dak? I don't think so. It's close. It's close. No, these are all close. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah, starting no, your, on the, your point Your point is sound. He's starting on a lot of teams. So now let's go back to the original thing. Would you pay twenty yes. million dollars for cousins or are you gonna trade for foals? Uh, it depends on what you got to trade for Foles. I'm not trading a first for him. Are you trading a second for him? My back end a... second, I would. Are you trading the high second? No. No. I can't. You can't right? I can't do it. So you're going to sign Cousins. I, I we're going to get to this. We got to get to it next week because I okay. I am I have very definitive. This is a very definitive discussion we have to have. Okay, let's get to the same thing. And I'm also, I'm also admittedly bullish on Foles. I, I always have been. Because it's always struck me as like, what's wrong with this 6'5", 240-pound kid who threw the ball all over the place in Arizona, had great completion percentages and stuff? Like, what's wrong with it? And then he comes in 
to Chip Kelly's offense, which is, you know, difficult to run as a pro and goes 27 and two touchdowns to interceptions. And if you watch him, he passes the eye test. He's making all the throws that he needs to make and he's making good decisions. So what happens when this guy goes to St. Louis and, and is terrible? You know, is it Jeff Fisher? Because he seemed to ruin Jared Goff, too. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Last year, he had three quarterbacks, and the three of them were in the playoffs this year. Right. Right? So That's there, what I'm your answer. He's at Kansas City in 2016. He, he starts one game. He goes 1-0. He's 36-55, 65% completion percentage, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Filling in for uh, Alex Smith. Like, what's wrong with him? Those two years, those two years in Philly, he was fantastic. Yeah, and his teams were fourteen and four in the games he started, and he was forty touchdowns and twelve interceptions. I, I mean, Look, he, he can pl- he can play in my estimation. I think if he wins the Super Bowl, he's a, the the game changes completely for him. I don't think they trade him. I think you're right. I think your initial point was right. I don't think they trade I don't him. Think they, I don't think they trade him win or lose. But I yeah. think for Nick Foles and the perception of Nick Foles, his whole life changes if he wins the Super Bowl. Then Nick yes. Foles is somebody. Until, yes. until then, he's still Nick Foles. And yeah, he's people, still just a like a backup quarterback who had one good year. Right. Yeah, he's yeah. just he's always been an he's always been an interesting quarterback to me. Because he looks the part to me, he has all the physical attributes and also just he passes the eye test. Like that's a big problem with Cousins. He just does right. not eye test to me. Like you can throw out all the 4000-yard seasons that you want. You can throw for 4000 yards right now. I cannot, not even close. No. 3500 maybe? No, my arm is shot. Uh, we should end it there? Yeah, let's end it. All right. Talk to me. Uh, so give me your uh, score. You score for the big game. What are you going to eat? Are you going to watch the game? Where are you going to be? going to watch the game. Not sure where I'm going to be. If I go watch it with my father, I watch the championship games with my father. And he oh, needs nice. Calzone's nice. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's, that's his thing. Oh. He made I'm the calzones sorry. and he made a uh, little pizza, a small one. Right. And then my mom put the pigs in the blankets out. Nice. Now, because is he working like, like a wood fire? No, 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 no. They got a new couch, so we were in the living room. No. <laughs> is he working a wood fire oven for the, for the calzones or what? Oh, or is he just baking? No, hell no. It's deep fryer. He deep fries them? Deep fry, yeah. He, we got him a deep fryer once a couple of years ago. Fries he up. fries everything. Everything. He used to fry it in a pan with the oil. Now he uses the deep fryer. Oh, that's, right. That's be- but now he just drops it down. He just drops it in and does all the work. His potato croquettes he puts in the deep fryer. He does the rice Get balls, everything. Get out of here. Everything. But yeah, so he made the he made calzones oh. last. Uh, What's the meat calzone look like? Does he do like a meat uh, one? Regard mozzarella and ham. And ham. Nice. Traditional. Ham yeah, it's good. Sometimes he doesn't make them with it. We leave the ham out of a couple of them, but this time we put ham in all of them. 
I, I, that's, that's when I think of a calzone, I think of regalt, I think of mozzarella and ham. That's the, that's, that's the calzone. You that's can get it. greedy with like, you know, sausage and stuff, but to me, that's. No, 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 no. It's, it's the ham. ham. That's all you need. Yeah. Yep. So. Don't get greedy. Calzones, I'm going to go over there. That's nice. Yeah. That's excellent. Who will he be rooting for? Patriots. He's a big, big on the Patriots. Oh, come on. Big on the Patriots. He, you know, his thing is he follows greatness. He loves greatness. He loves winners. What a shame. How can you not not respect? That was the whole thing because I was hemming and hawing throughout that Patriots game. Right. And he was busting my chops the whole time. How can you not respect them? Look at this. Look what this guy's doing. And he was really twisting twisting (gasps) the knife. It was... He was having a great time. If the Jets, if the Jets went on a run, will he get behind the Jets? Uh, I don't think he'd buy into the Jets, really. No. No, he got behind the Giants though. He was all, oh, okay. all behind the Giants those years. He was all in. Was he all in? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jets. I mean, if it was, if the Jets were, if it were the Jets in the Super Bowl, he would obviously be behind the Jets. Sure. Sure. Which means he'll never be behind the Jets. Because he'll never be in the Super Bowl. Uh, that's correct. So that's, um, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. All right, now last question for you. Yes, sir. When the Super Bowl is over, you put the boys right, to turn bed. Out, turn out the lights. But do you do you watch do you watch This Is Us in real time? That's a great. I mean, that's a magnificent question. Um. Teresa has sort of decided she's not sure she can watch it overall. At all, she won't even watch it recorded then. She's not sure she can watch. She's it. not gonna be able to handle it. Yep. All right. Are you caught up on This Is Us? I don't watch it, but I but so everybody else watches it so much that I know exactly what's going Wait, on. Wait, does Allison show. watch it? Nope. It, it was funny. Oh we, come we, on! The two of us were talking. About, I can't watch it. I can't. can't I can't it. handle it's it. I cannot handle it. I, and I'd end furthermore. I love a man that knows his limitations. Well, here's I, I, we could get into a whole discussion about this. I cannot understand the appeal of wanting to go through that emotion when you watch <laughs> that show. And remember, I've watched not a minute of it. But since the whole world has watched it, I feel like right. I've watched it. Right? Right. And people just look like people looking forward to just being hysterical for an hour every Tuesday. I that concept I is, is lost on me. It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily work that way. I don't get it. It's it not like, like you're crying from the opening credits. It seems like well, and it, but it seems like when you start crying, it's enough to make up for the entire hour. Here's here's the the best way I can put it quickly. And so the the short answer to your question is no. We will probably DVR it and watch it the next night or something like that. All right. Um, and then it's gonna be hard to avoid what happens. Although I guess well, we know what happens. happens. <laughs> yeah, we know what happens. It's just a matter <laughs> of how it happens. Right. Um, but here's here's the thing. It's not emotionally manipulative. In other words, you never feel like they're trying to make you cry or they're trying to make you upset. The story and the narrative is gripping in a way 
that hits an emotionality in you without plying you. And I think that's why the show is unbelievably effective. It's because certain things... I mind trick on you to believe that. Certain things try to make you cry. That show is never trying to make you cry. It's not. Doesn't need to try, it sounds like. It's telling its narrative. Its narrative is emotional and and sort of there's a it strikes a subconscious chord with people right because it's at its essence it's about fathers and sons fathers and daughters mothers and daughters mothers and sons it's about familial relationships that have nothing to do with race religion creed like none of that is there it's a primal sort of collective subconscious that it's tapping into you know no it just it doesn't try to make you cry that's why it right. works okay the minute the show tries to do that it will be gone mm-hmm. you know the minute that they make an effort to do it it'll be right. gone because people will resent it immediately yeah well i okay. and thus far it hasn't thus far it hasn't well, it's still soon. Yeah. I mean, it's only a year and a half it's of the show. It's only it's in, well, I, and I think there's only three episodes left of this season or something like that. But, uh, but they, they, you can't you can't pull this off for ten years. No chance. I'll be curious to find out if, um, in hindsight, this becomes a jump the shark moment. Ah, that's interesting. Might that you finally know? You know, you won't know it. You won't know it for a while, but you may look back and say, "Oh, maybe that was it." Yeah. Maybe. Could be. We'll see. See, this is great. I know the story. I don't have to watch it, and I don't have to cry. Yep, you're it's good. Great. You're all set. I know set. everything about it. That's what yep. Allison and I were joking about the other night. It's like, we don't, we don't have to watch this show. <laughs> we're getting it from everybody else. Yep. And if you don't care about spoilers, because you're never going to watch it, that's great. Exactly. I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> never. <laughs> Cal final unload. Hey, kudos to MLB, Major League Baseball. And all 30 teams have uh, installed the nets that extend plate down to the end of the dugout. Um, great job by everybody. I, I hate that the arms needed to be twisted to make it happen, and some serious things had to happen, but the end result is where it needs to be. The nets don't get in the way. I've sat behind them. You don't even notice that they're there after an inning. It's the right move, so good job. They got it right. I'm Brian Calvi. <laughs> and my final unload is, once again, the Patriots in the Super Bowl present me with an unwinnable, untenable situation. This time, it's because if the Eagles win, I will lose my son as a Jets fan. <laughs> and if the Patriots win... I may regain my son as a Jets fan, but the Patriots win. Every time this team is in the Super Bowl, it's a completely unwinnable situation. So please, please make this the last time. Please. All right, we'll see you next week. Good night, Cal. Good night, Steve.